0: My name's Mark Hudson, and my granny was the youngest survivor of the Lusitania disaster. And my family has had a connection and a passion for raising money for the RNLI ever since that time. Audrey Lawson Johnson was the most loving, caring granny that any boy could hope for. She was a fabulous woman, actually. She was really warm and kind. She always identified as American, even though she left America when she was three months old, lived her entire life in the UK. She didn't have an American accent. She had a, you know, she had a very English accent. Um, but she was educated in England. Her, her family came over to get a bet. Well, not a better, but they they loved the idea of educating their children in England. So she was. She, you, if you met her, you would have thought she was very English. But actually, she she I think she kept her American passport. She was very warm and and loving and she had 10 grandchildren we all absolutely adored and doted on her as she did on us she was a terrible terrible cook so we'd all go and when we had to stay with her it was great fun but we'd all sort of spend ages trying to push the food that she cooked to surround the plate or hide it under the table because she just you know she she just had her skills in the kitchen were just appalling um but we found we found that funny as well um She was just a wonderful, loving, caring, warm person. To put it into context, we need to go back to 1915, which is obviously the era before transatlantic flights, and so if you were um if you were wanting to travel between the america and 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 the and europe then you had to take um these these giant passenger liners there was um a, a, a big rivalry between the different passenger uh, liner companies about who could create the biggest fastest ship and who could get from london uh, to new york or vice versa the quickest i think the awards called the blue riband And it was at a time where the Germans, who were building up their Navy, were also building better and faster passenger ships. And for many years, they had got the fastest transatlantic voyage, the record for it, which I think was about seven and a half days. And then the Cunard Line had built uh, these two ships, uh, the Lusitania and the Mauritania, which were sister ships, which were supposed to be the fastest and biggest in the world. And they then quickly took the record for the fastest crossing. Her father was a uh, surgeon major in the American army. He decided that he would would like... They were Americans from Massachusetts and he decided he would like to educate his children in the UK. There was a a small family, they had two nursemaids and there were four children, of which my granny was the youngest. She had two sisters, Susan and Amy, and and an older brother, Stuart. And their nursemaids were called Alice Lyons and Greta Lawrenson. And they all uh, boarded the Lusitania on, I think, the 1st of May, 1915, and off they set. And obviously this was in in a climate where merchant shipping was being sunk relentlessly by the German U-boat fleet, and passenger shipping was also... There was debate over whether it was a valid target. They were within sight, essentially, of Ireland. So they were in the Home Strait. They were very, very close to to arriving in Liverpool. It was a beautiful, clear day on the 7th of May. And this um, U-boat, which is U-boat 20, I believe, surfaced and fired, I think, two torpedoes. They say there were two explosions. Um, And then at that point, absolute chaos and pandemonium erupted. so I, I, I when I first read that I, there were lots and lots of eyewitness accounts because there were lots of survivors and those th- they then all had to testify at this um this tribunal in in Merseyside later on to to ascertain what really happened. And so there are there are hundreds or or, or scores of eyewitness accounts and when I first read them I was reminded very starkly of um of what I saw when we saw 9-11 on our TV screens. You know, the absolute chaos, pandemonium, terror and just everyday people going through horrors and essentially being faced with, with death. Alice Lines, who, who was Granny's nurse and, and was a lifelong friend, grabbed Audrey and Stuart, the the my granny's brother, she ran to the deck, um, uh, and went to try and get into a lifeboat. The ship, sort of, was listing dramatically. Um, a lifeboat was lowered. She didn't get into it, but she jumped off the side to try and land in it, holding my granny in her arms, obviously, and and Stuart by the hand. They landed in the water, uh, and so they were pulled into a lifeboat and saved that way. Um, then my, my my, grand, my great-grandfather and his wife, my great-grandmother, were separated and both somehow managed to survive. There's a story, it may or may not be true, that my great-grandmother was found clinging to the lid of a smashed grand piano. Unfortunately, Greta and Susan and Amy were never found, so nobody knows what happened to them, and their bodies were never recovered. They, they unfortunately died that day. Um, there were lots of ships that came to the rescue, and then, of course, there's the RNLI and their involvement, which is the, the Court McSherry lifeboat near Cork in Ireland. You could actually see the Lusitania go down from shore. It was that close, but it was still 13 miles away, but it was a beautiful, clear day. And they they basically got into their boat and started rowing because they had no motor and there was no wind. So they spent three and a half hours, the RNLI spent three and a half hours rowing to the, to the scene. By the time they got there, any survivors had been picked up. So they then spent something like eight hours recovering bodies. And you know, that I think is the moment where our our family's connection to the RNLI really began. We can't find out how much my great-granny, who was called Amy Lee, did for the lifeboats but she obviously the whole family became very involved with the lifeboats for obvious reason it's said that she always raised money for the lifeboats which she obviously passed on to granny um that 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 desire to raise money for the lifeboats and obviously granny was saved so she had that amazing incentive granny's brother perky and her he was called he was called vivian warren pearl but he was known as perky and he was actually an even younger survivor of the Lusitania. Granny was known as the youngest survivor at three months old, but actually it transpired that great granny was pregnant with Perky on the Lusitania. And he was born eight months after the sinking. So granny and Perky uh, back in 2004 raised enough money for a lifeboat, which is the inshore lifeboat. And it was launched at Newquay in 2004 and uh, named Amy Lee, after great granny. My family pledged at that point that we would raise the money for the next one. So mainly led by my father, Martin, and my brother, Hugh, we spent the next 10 years raising money for the next one. Um, In the interim, granny passed away. 2012, we launched a lifeboat at Newquay and named Audrey LJ after her. In terms of then Giving something back, which is what I love about the story, and I love being part of the story, giving something back, that was really special. And, you know, for me, it's just so perfectly circular that she was saved from drowning and then she spent a good deal of her life raising money to give the RNLI the tools to save other people. And she, in turn, gave that legacy to her children and grandchildren that they then do the same and can continue the tradition. And, you know, it, it's amazing when, um, when when you hear that the Audrey LJ, the inshore lifeboat at Newquay, which is coming to the end of its service, when you hear that that um, boat has has been on 180 shouts, it's rescued 150 people and it's saved six lives. And you just think, wow, you know, because of this, it, it, the... It, it does make a difference. Those six people were saved um, as an indirect result of this whole legacy that's been set in motion. And one thing that my granny used to say was, I was saved for a reason. And she very, very infrequently would say, um, I was saved for a reason and, and this is it. And that's what she said when she um, dedicated the Amy Lee. We hope it's not the end of the story. One way we thought of to really cement the legacy um, and give more, even more to Newquay was that we, um, I organised this bike ride that took place in September this year. It was called the Tour de Duford and it went from Swansea to Newquay visiting every lifeboat station on the way. I had 21 riders take part. It was unbelievably difficult but nobody quite realized how difficult the terrain is to cycle. It was the most incredible experience for everyone involved. But essentially we went from station to station, were received by these volunteers in each one and sometimes it was a couple of them with with a tea with a cup of tea and a biscuit and sometimes the entire station would be there waiting for us with a kind of la- welcome party. All of these volunteers that we were raising money To help came out and and wished us well and and there was this amazing camaraderie that developed and also it opened the eyes of all of us as to what these people do And, and the community that builds around the lifeboat stations is something truly incredible to behold. Um, and then we finished at Newquay, we had, um, we arrived at the lifeboat station on day three of our bike ride and there was Audrey LJ in all her splendor with the, with the Newquay lifeboat crew there to welcome us and it was just the perfect end. Hello, it's Mary McAleese here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.